Welcome, D gentlemen and D gentlewomen, to episode seven. That's right, episode seven, Monday night podcast edition for the Odds Get Even podcast. This is your host, J. Roy Hammers, with her co hosts, RG and AJ. How are you guys? Doing pretty good. It was a good weekend for the boys uh, on the book, so can't complain. We're going to try to keep the train going this week. I'm doing great. Honestly, that whole weekend fired me up. Uh, perfect on NFL, perfect on college football. We were buzzing, and it was a great time watching all those games. couple sweaty ones in there. We'll get to that, but uh, a great one overall. So how much? How many picks did we hit this weekend? What was the percentage? Was it 60%, 50%? I think it's a bit more than that, Josh. Do you, do you know what it was? 73 74%? Yeah, maybe a little more. Maybe a, a little bit more. bit more. You can get up there. 85 uh, oh, 80%. 80, that, 80. <laughs> that's right, listeners. There you have it. 80%. We're back. We actually wanted to start off the show with uh, with a moment of silence for Vegas here because we know that a bunch of our listeners and us, we're all just hammering our picks. 80%, way above average. And uh, definitely our bookies were kind of sad this weekend. They're, we were calling them. My bookie himself was kind of ignoring my calls so i gotta figure that one out but i don't know about you guys yeah no we were straight up big leaguing bookies which is kind of a scary uh scary little ground to play but hey we're here we're here yeah vegas fears us i think now that's the only way to put it they fear the pod so let's start this podcast off with a nice moment of silence here it's a quick one for vegas All right, that's it. Fuck you, Vegas. Enough moment of silence for you. For today's episode, we got a jam-packed episode. We have a bunch of spots. We got World Cup spots, reactions to the first couple days of the World Cup, as well as reactions to our picks. Um, So let's start us off here. RG, what was your favorite hit of the weekend? Okay, Um, so we're going to get into this one a bit later, so I won't touch on this one. Uh, when we have our Jets guy come on. But uh, I would say my favorite hit of the weekend was USC on the road at UCLA. The Rose Bowl's back, ladies and gentlemen. It looked electric there in UCLA. UCLA finally pulled in a crowd. There's a lot of USC fans there. That one was a slugfest, like we predicted before. 48-45, USC takes the dub, covers the spread. It was minus two USC. Um, That was just a great football game. Caleb Williams looks like the Heisman winner. USC looks like they can get into the playoffs if they can win out here. I mean, they got Notre Dame next week, but uh, that was a fun one to watch. Uh, I was watching at the bar Saturday night, um, but that was a great win for the boys. How about you, AJ? Yeah, that was a fantastic game. One of the best college games I've seen in a while, to be honest. High scoring affair, Pac-12 football's back, which is always good to see. Um, but yeah, it was just a great win. Like you said, if USC goes down the stretch and beats Notre Dame and probably, I'm guessing they're going to get Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. Those are two more wins and probably another top 10 win. So this is a big time for them if they can make the college football playoff in the first year. And like I've always said, it'll be fun to see that offense against Georgia to see what Kale Williams can do and if he's actually legit or just the Pac-12 defenses. So that was a great game. I actually watched it too. I'm not really that big on college football. But did you guys see that video of the missed kick in the first quarter? That was hilarious. That was awesome. I mean, I love seeing that stuff. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty jokes. (laughs) But honestly, great hit. At first, when UFC went down, I did send a text message into our group chat. A little worried because I had a couple parlays on that pick. So... Uh, we're going to move on to you, AJ. What was your favorite uh, hit of the weekend? The one that got yourself buttered up for? The one that you tell your kids about? What was the hit? I'm going to stick with college football. Nebraska plus 10 um, wasn't a super entertaining game. But I think it was my favorite pick because we're 2-0 Nebraska picks. 2-0 Nebraska, dogs at home. It's one of my favorite things to do in college, college football is bet, do- bet on dogs when they're home. So that was a classic, you know, big – Big 10 football game, low scoring affair. Nebraska almost pulled a dub against Wisconsin, but, you know, it still fired me up to uh, to hit Nebraska. Two for two on those picks, so they're definitely going to be uh, on the slate probably moving forward as well. 
Um, yeah, no, that was awesome. 2-0 in Nebraska on the year on the Big Red. That fired me up. But I'm sorry to say, listeners, but uh, that will be our last Nebraska pick of the year because uh, they're on the road next week against Iowa, and we are going to fade the shit out of them no matter what the spread is. So, um, and then they're not going to be in a bowl game. So that's it for Nebraska, but thank you for the two wins. A little round of applause for Nebraska here for the year they gave us. That'd be great. <laughs> Thanks, Cornhuskers. Appreciate that. Uh, that's honestly Nebraska. They, at plus 10 and a half, I think that's one of the best teams in college football. <laughs> They've been, they're Nebraska. like the Lions against the spread. They remind me of the Lions. When they're yeah, playing against Nebraska, the Nebraska double-digit spread is the best team. They just they just play like unbelievable. We're gonna move on to my pick, my favorite pick of the weekend. You guys can probably guess it. It is my cow men versus the Minnesota Vikings. I was really happy with that pick. It, my analysis, I was actually re-listening to the podcast yesterday because I listened to our podcast before I go to bed. My analysis was unreal on that on that uh, pick. Great defense. Kirk Cousins couldn't do much. Cowboys look great. They don't look fraudulent. And what can I say? Zeke, two touchdowns. So much better than Tony Pollard. That's exactly what they needed coming back. So thank God Zeke's back. Cowboys can get back to winning. Um, no, that was electric. I, uh, I like seeing the Cowmen back. That fired me up. Even on the road. I mean, Kirk's kind of down. He's ready now. He's he's tamed. So I'm I'm happy about that. But uh, we'll see what the Vikings can do for the rest of the year. Um, that Cowboys defense is 100% a Super Bowl defense. So we'll, we'll see what they can do moving forward. Yeah, no, I'm sure we'll get more into this with their, when the Vikings expert comes on. But, you know, just a great pick. You know, those picks, you don't have to sweat it at all. It was uh, it was definitely nice to have one of those on the card this week because uh, a lot of them came down to the wire. So it's nice to have a nice chill pick. But yeah, uh, I frauded the Vikings earlier, unfrauded them. You might be getting the fraud again at this point. That was a <laughs> disastrous performance by all phases of the game. We were talking about the Vegas trap, and obviously we're getting back into it, but it's kind of scary how big of a hold Vegas has on sports in general. Yeah, 100%. I think we said this before the last pod when we were looking at some of the action, but um, so we hit on the commanders minus three at the Texans. And um, I think most of the money was on the Texans. Is that right, Josh? Yeah. I think most it was about the over, was uh, what was it here? It was, yeah, 84% of bets were on the Texans spread there. So uh, that tells you a lot about uh, what the Vegas Traps looking for and uh, how we're trying to get around it. And uh, clearly we were successful this weekend. Yeah, perfectly well said. I can't really add much about that, but. Uh... Yeah, we beat the Vegas trap this time after Vegas trapped the fuck out of us Yeah, in the back. There was a story as well in NCAA football. I'm pretty sure it was Baylor TCU where T – what was the spread? I'm pretty sure you guys know about it. Yeah, so TCU uh, was favored by two and a half points, and they, uh, they won a sweaty one. I don't know. We'll talk about TCU later, but they won a sweaty one. Uh, 29-28, and um, Baylor ended up covering that spread. But I'm pretty sure in that one, uh, a lot of the money was on TCU. Exactly. So at the end of the day, Vegas has their way. They can end up winning, but not on our picks. So we are going to talk about some of the misses because we do like to hold ourselves accountable. I like to hold myself accountable. I am my biggest critic at the end of the day. I did come to the podcast is the only two misses, but that's what happens when you provide picks, hockey picks, which is one of the most unpredictable sports, I would say, out of all the four major sports, since an underdog can win over 30% of the time in hockey. So the two picks that lost on the hockey front was Carolina. To be honest, Carolina had a great game. They were up one nothing the whole game. The reason why Carolina lost, boys, was because I decided to pull out my bet slip in public and say, this is cashing. With five minutes left in the third, when Minnesota came back and tied up the game and won it in overtime. Had that not happened, the boys on the odds get even pod would have been 90%. So I'm going to personally apologize to Rod Brendamore and the Carolina Hurricanes and personally compensate myself for losing with some good hockey spots at the end of the episode today. <laughs> 
What are your thoughts on uh, Carolina and uh, betting on them every game? Because we've been doing that recently. I feel like, you know, maybe we got to stay away from Carolina a bit. Maybe put them on the block list for a bit, you know, just ease off the Hurricanes. You know, they're a fun team to bet on because, you know, they're a good team, well-coached. But, yeah, you know, we've got burned by them a bit. So maybe maybe they're blacklisted, but we'll have to discuss that in the future. Yeah, I'm not ready to blacklist the Canes, but uh, maybe they need a little heat check. Can we heat check them for a little bit, Josh? What do you think? I will uh, give them a couple more games. I have actually a really big wager on the Hurricanes tonight. So right. we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if they, uh, if they win. But we're going to move on to the next miss. It was the Winnipeg Jets. That The score doesn't really portray how the actual game went. Pittsburgh won 3 nothing, but it was a 0-0 game till the middle of the third. Jets honestly had a pretty good hold on the Penguins. I feel like just one lucky one got in, and then the floodgates opened at the end of the day. But that miss, honestly, was a great pick for the odds. Jets ended up being underdogs at that point. So I know how, how hard AJ feels about our underdog locks. He's telling us not to do it. So that's something we're going to adjust for the future. We're going to try to stick with favorites for our underdog picks. But Jets, for the rest of the year, I still like them. They're a good team. They show some heart. Unfortunately, with the Jets, guys, uh, Ehlers is on IR. He's going to be – he's having hernia surgery. I don't know if you guys ever heard hernias, anything about hernias, but uh, I searched it up. It doesn't look like it's too uh, pleasant. No, I don't know much about them, but Joey got one in Friends in uh in the show and uh it looked awful so that's the only thing i know about them but yeah that's a great reference that's all i know about hernia too so yeah he, he seemed to be in a lot of pain in that episode. a lot of pain yeah <laughs> all right boys so those were most of our hits and all of our misses because we haven't missed much one thing i do want to talk about is the fluctuation of people who hate us from one week to people who love us to the other who reached out to you guys this weekend for picks? Because I'm I'm just curious because you guys would be surprised by the people that reached out to me. Um, I had a good amount of people reach out. Um, a lot of people sending me screenshots of their bet slips, uh, which was awesome. Seeing uh, they, they parlayed some of our locks together, some of the football locks on Sunday. Uh, they parlayed the two college ones together and they were making some good cash. So that uh, that fired me up. I know I sent a couple screenshots uh, to the uh, to the odds chat with you guys. Yeah, I know a couple of people tailed me, but I think a lot of people took a break after uh, our week from last week. So you know, hopefully we can get them back on the train, make some cash. But, you know, I don't blame people for taking a week off after a uh, two for 10 perform, two for eight performance, wherever we were. So we do want to, we do want to, I guess, advocate, not advocate, but sort of recognize that our podcast did come out on, on uh, Monday for the picks that uh, we come out with the week, they will constantly be posted on Friday before the weekend. Unfortunately, the odds get even podcast is new. We don't get paid for it. So we do have day jobs. So the podcast does come out a little late, but the picks definitely come out on social media. So do follow. So please follow us on all of our social medias. Odds get even on the Instagram, the TikTok, and the Twitter. All the picks do come out. We do have some nice graphics, but the reason why I mentioned who reached out to you guys boys it's because everyone was reaching out to me telling us how great the podcast was yes listeners this is a kissing ass episode we deserve one so we're gonna give ourselves a pat on the back here kind of felt like a fortune teller i was betting on how long my toast was gonna stay in the toaster it was it was brutal i was calling everything this weekend but Definitely, I'm really happy with our performance. Uh, what's one thing we, we learned this weekend, though, when we were up? Like, one lesson that we all took took away from, from this weekend? Um, Let's see here. I would just say that when it comes to college football, I'm kind of a hit god, so I'm just going to keep rolling with that. But um, at the same time, it's definitely best to do all the analysis you can before you start looking at picks. And um, look at where the action's at. I mean, we'll give you guys that information every week, obviously. Take a look at injuries. Take a look at the weather when the games are outside, because that is so essential to see who will be running the ball, um, especially for college football games, for atmosphere purposes, too. 
Yeah, I'll just say bet with uh, bet with your head, not your heart. Um, that's uh, you know a big heart people on this pod, but I think that's the best thing for betting. Go with the head picks and uh, don't always bet on your favorite team. I actually have a pretty important lesson to learn, and this is a good lesson. Uh, you guys both gave really good lessons. The lesson I learned is never bet right after you win because you feel nice and then you place a live and then all your profits go down the drain. That's one thing I really started doing this weekend where I was trying to get cheeky and bet on the next goal props. And for some reason I couldn't hit them. I ended up going like 0 for 8. But definitely I I, I love your lessons here. And the, and honestly, the main lesson that all three of us should should portray or give out to the listeners is the fact that you can never get greedy. And the greed is the biggest problem with any better. Has there ever been a time, boys, where you guys made a parlay and it was like plus 800 or 850? And you're like, you know what? $10 only pays me out 850, 885 bucks. Let me just add this underdog and get me to plus like 1500. Yeah, I know. Only, only keep the teams in there that uh, you know about. The one that you're overthinking, if you start overthinking your parlay, the one you're going to add in, guess what? That's going to be the one that's going to be your one miss. And that's going to keep you up all night. That's going to be the sweaty one creating puddles around the living room. We don't want that. We want you guys to be chilled out, just making cash and chilling. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say when you have a bet slip ready, right when you're about to place a bet, never change it. You know, keep the bet slip, what you originally had based on your research. Don't change it based on odds or anything. Just keep your bet slip the same. And one last rule. I know we uh, we have a bunch of lessons here, but I had a bunch written down because I love teaching. Teaching's my passion. We're all going to be professors of betting one day, hopefully. But when the odds are minus 120 and lower, don't be afraid to take him as a straight. That's one of the biggest things that, or maturing lessons I can give after five years of experience in the betting, uh, in the betting world. I don't know if the listeners know here, but I've been betting since I was able to in Canada because the rules here were like 18 plus. But what we have here, so we did want to talk about the miss, sorry, the big hits this weekend. You did mention the, uh, the Jets hit this weekend we're going to start off with the jets and our jets analyst is on his way on but what was one thing you took away from the jets game today rg well not today on yesterday that was a sweat that was an absolute sweat i got a bit nervous um but you know what we had great knowledge on the coaching matchup the coaching quarterback matchup is very key between your coach and the other team's quarterback. So obviously we had Bill Belichick at home against probably the worst quarter starting quarterback in the NFL in Zach Wilson. And uh, when you have a matchup like that, I don't care how sweaty that game got at the end. You do not um, give up on that coach. That's who you want to take. And uh, I think we did great analysis early on here. Yeah. The only thing I took away from that game is Zach Wilson is by far one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Not even starting there's probably multiple backups better than them so happy we hit it was a sweat but you know i was never worried because zach wilson was never getting more points in the board so i love those comments as our jets analyst joins us in here from guelph mr sudsy spreads what were your initial reactions with the jets game this weekend um that had to have been the worst football game i've ever seen in my life you sure about uh, that you're a Jets fan? No, really? I I am sure about it. The Jets didn't get into the red zone one time. I think the Patriots got in the red zone once and then got sacked. Like, that was just an ugly game start to finish. And it just sucks to see such a good defensive performance just absolutely wasted. And uh, I just I don't even know where to start with Zach Wilson. Did you guys see his comments after the game? Yeah, that was brutal. Um, so he actually wasn't even a captain at BYU as a starting quarterback. That's probably going to go in the first round. Um, that's a big Bo Callahan move from draft day, not being, <laughs> not being the captain of your team, um, your senior year as a starting quarterback. And uh, it definitely shows. I mean, uh, we heard a lot of stuff in the media this weekend about uh, what teammates think of him. But, um, John, I'm going to do something here for you. I have five tweets that I collected throughout the day. Uh, I'm just going <laughs> to read them off to you. And uh, you're going to tell me what you think, okay? 
Okay, I'm going to read them all up at once. I'll bang them out here quickly. So uh, the Jets averaged 2.77 inches per play in the second half. So that's not, not too good. Um, Zach Wilson ranks this season out of 33 qualified quarterbacks. Um, last in passer rating, 32nd. Completion percentage is 33rd. Um, interception TD ratio, 31st. TD and attempts, he is tied 31st. Um, so Josh Allen, after losing to the Jets, that was a great win from you last week, uh, 64.6 QBR. He said, I played like shit. Zach Wilson, 24.4 QBR versus the Patriots, which is all like God awful. No, I didn't let the defense down. Okay, Zach, there you go. Um, this is, this is my favorite one. I'm not sure Zach Wilson is even a decent backup quarterback. And I actually agree with that. And uh, this one here too, LOL, drafted Zach Wilson over Justin Fields when Justin Fields was quite literally better at everything in college, which is true because Zach Wilson had one good pro day. Um, so I know you're not really arguing with me here, but Zach Wilson is the worst quarterback in the NFL, right? The worst starting quarterback. He is. Yeah, like I can't. There's not, there's nothing more I could really say. Like, yeah, I love my Jets and I'd ride for them, but I'm also a realist and I have eyes. And I've just like, this watching Zach Wilson play wants me to bring, wants me for the Jets to bring Sam Darnold back. And I never thought I would be saying that. He's actually the worst quarterback I've ever seen. And his failure to take accountability, like, I don't know. I just don't get it. In my grade 12 high school hockey team, if I fucked up, I'd say, sorry, boys. Like, like I, I don't know what he thinks is going to happen. And it's just such a shame because this is a really, like, the Jets team is good. Their defense is one of the best in the league, and they proved it again. But they're not going anywhere with Zach Wilson at quarterback. And before this game, I really thought we were going to make the playoffs, but I, I don't think we are anymore. Like, I, I don't know. I'm kind of upset. But it is what it is. At least we had a few good wins this season. I uh, I uh, have a question here for you. I I think you guys are dogging Zach Wilson, and it, it and it's right. You should be dogging him for his performance. But what are you, what's your take on COVID ruining his development, like it did for Shane Wright? <laughs> I mean, he still got his full senior year of football. That actually, COVID is actually was the reason he got drafted second overall, because correct me if I'm wrong, they got some like made up schedule against all like bottom level teams, right? No, yeah, you got it. So basically, uh, BYU usually plays an independent schedule where they'll play decent Pac-12 teams. Uh, they'll play some ACC teams. They'll play Notre Dame as well. Um, that year, since you were required to be in a conference, he played in the Mountain West which is a group of five. Yeah, there you go. And he obviously lit it up. The one good team he played in Coastal Carolina, uh, he lost that game, obviously. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it it is sad. It is sad that, you know, it was such a big game for the team and to just put up a performance like that on offense and then to have to see all this reports in the media about how Zach Wilson's acting. It just, it really rubs me the wrong way. But if, I'm just going to talk about some positives from that game because there were defense looked amazing. That D line is still getting to the quarterback six times a game. It seems like, I mean, they only held them to three points and they still almost won despite Zach Wilson playing the way he did. And I don't know if you guys saw this since starting the quarterback uh, since starting the podcast, sorry, but Robert Salas said uh, the starting job is not safe with Wilson. He's on a short leash. So I wouldn't be surprised if if he puts up another performance like that. We finally see either Mike White or Flacco in the second half against the Bears. Um, and I also, one other thing I really liked was Garrett Wilson's comments. Like, as a rookie, to come out and say that, just call out everyone on the offense, take accountability, that really made me happy to see. And I think that's a good culture. That's a good culture move for the Jets. It shows that the culture is changing, but fuck. With Zach Wilson, this team's going nowhere absolutely nowhere I like the Jets in the future obviously you know I absolutely hate them this year like I don't think they're going to do anything I like them in the future I like the GM um but uh one highlight for you guys um my first thing is that Zach Wilson's probably mad chill and I'd like to meet him um (laughs) and my other thing is that coin flip guy is still perfect 
Yeah. This guy is still perfect. And uh, he has you losing to Chicago and then winning five straight. <laughs> I mean, what? The winning streak started at one and two, I think. Then we won four straight. I didn't see that coming. So yeah. <laughs> if the coin keeps it up, we're going to the AFC championship at the end of the day. So they don't ask how it's done, just how many. And the coin hasn't missed yet. That's true. If the Jets win a playoff game, I'll wear a Zach Wilson jersey every day for a week. Every single day, I won't watch. I'll do a month actually, because like there's no way this is happening. I'll wear Zach. I Wilson think you'd jersey. have. I think you'd have to go out and buy a Zach Wilson jersey. Yeah, like I'll I'll do it because there's no way this is happening. They win a playoff. Yeah, game. but it'd be good, but like it'd be good for content. Yeah, it's good for content exactly. But okay, just before I go, I wanted your guys' opinions. So. If all the evidence and history repeats itself and Zach Wilson continues the way the play he has, obviously he can't be the day one starter for the Jets quarterback next year. So what do you guys think? What do you think? Who do you think our guy should be to take us to that next level? I think it's going to be Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr's going to be out of Vegas. I think McDaniels wants his. He sells a job, wants his own quarterback. And I think, I think the Jets could try to trade for Derek Carr. I think it's going to be Matt Ryan. I think he needs some veteran presence there. And I think he has one more year in him. I don't like what the Colts are doing with him right now. Obviously, I'm a big Jeff Saturday guy, but uh, I could see Matt Ryan there next year uh, taking you to 10 wins. And uh, I uh, I don't think it's any of those two people. What is the status on Lamar Jackson? That's what I was going to say. That was my pick, but that just be, might be the delusional Jets fan talking. Well. There is a good spot for Lamar Jackson. Sucks that you guys couldn't draft Justin Fields because he looks like the next Lamar. But if you can throw the bag at it, maybe you'll come to New York. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why, like, a quarterback wouldn't want to come here. Like, we have a depleted offensive line. Our receivers are good. The coaches seem to get better. The defense is one of the best in the league. It's We're just a quarterback away from being that top team. But I don't know what the solution is. Yeah, no, you def- you sound like a Leafs fan and you are a Leaf fan. Now <laughs> you're talking about the Jets. So that's pretty much it uh, for the Jets. It's pretty sad in uh, in uh, in New York, you'd say. What's the vibe check right now? Oh, vibes are horrible. Vibes are horrible. But that's just what happens in this league. It changes so much from week to week. So all I know is if we win on Sunday, none of this will matter. Even if Zach Wilson stinks it up, I guess his leash will be extended. So maybe we should lose then. I'm ready to see a change behind the QB. I said it. I don't want him starting any more games. All right. Well, there you have it. That is our Jets analyst, Sudsy Spreads. Sudsy, you want to you wanna plug in your socials here for the listeners? <sighs> I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. Take it easy. Sorry for flaming you for the last five minutes. But... No, I deserve it. I came on here and flamed you guys after the Bills win. I knew I had to take it a bit. Is what it is. Cheers. All right. Take care, boys. Peace. So now moving on from the Jets, we are calling our Vikings analysts. We want to talk about the vibes in Minnesota. How are you, McBain, making money? Gonna be honest, boys. Uh, hate the fact that I made the right call last week. You know, I uh, knew that this was gonna be a shitty game for the Vikings. I just didn't think it would be a 37 point loss, shitty. So the vibes are very low right now in Minnesota, but the consensus seems to be that we're all pretty numb because Vikings still have the division. We're only eight and two. It's not the end of the world for us, but goddamn losing by 37 points to the Cowboys at home is pretty embarrassing. So looking forward to this Thursday against the Patriots. It's funny how opinions change just based on your season. Like if someone were to tell you at the beginning of the season, you'd be eight and two right now, you'd be like over the moon, right? Oh yeah. You'd be over the moon. If I told you you're going to be eight and two, I'm going into your 11th game against Bill Belichick. But right now, kind of mixed emotions, right? After getting caught in the Vegas trap. But absolutely uh, feeling a little little fraudulent. Not not that we're frauds, but feeling a little fraudulent. So there's some questions that need to be answered from the coaching end and offensive line, especially left Kirk Cousins out to dry. But we'll see how we do against Big Bill this week. Cheers.
So you mentioned the word fraud. And I know you get very heated about your Vikings because I watched the game with you uh, yesterday. Do you still believe your team is not fraud? You know what? I, I think that we have an extremely good team. I think we have a very young and very fresh coach. But honestly, I feel like we're really coming down from that high. And the next two games down the stretch here are going to be the make or break for the Vikings, in my opinion. So if we can win one or two of them, especially if one of them could be a big win for a change, I think, you know, everyone should realize the Vikings, you know, how to slip up here and there, but we're still a, a solid team. But if we can't win both, you know, it'll be hard for me to really call this team a legitimate contender anymore. Is there anything you think the team should do uh, to sort of further put them into contention? Like there's always room to improve. That's why you can never rate anything a 10 out of 10, but what, what, if you were the manager or you were the one in charge, what would you do? Well, as of right now, you know, we're past the deadline and stuff. So you gotta, you gotta look a little forward to next season, but the biggest thing right now is just get healthy and stay healthy. Right. We uh, lost our pro bowl and should have been an all pro left tackle Christian Derisaw to a concussion early in the game. And he was pretty shaky while he was out there. So I think that the biggest thing for us is getting healthy, you know, can't have the fourth string corner covering CD lamb, you know, Andrew Booth jr. Was getting flamed by the commentators and, I was hearing it from all of my friends. So I'm hoping that the health has just got to be there for the team. If we want to see anything pulled together for this stretch run and especially in January come playoffs. Yeah, I, I love to hear it. Health is probably a luxury in the national football league. Uh, this is coming from me who's experienced over 10 injuries on my fantasy football teams. Uh, you hate to see people getting injured. But uh, you got to just respect it for the game. The, the way these guys put their bodies on the line on a week-to-week -week basis, that's what makes football the greatest sport on the planet and uh, hockey a close second. I hope all the guys agree here on the pod. I definitely agree. Uh, I have one comment for McBain. I'm sorry, McBain. This might fire you up a little bit here. The Vikings are dog water. Like, that's by far the worst division in football. Like a hundred percent, the NFC North, the Vikings did not look good. I know I said they were kind of back last, last week against the Bills, but that was just a dog water performance in a spot that Kirk Cousins usually shines at home at one o'clock. It's four o'clock. Sorry, four o'clock, four o'clock. I think, uh, I think you're absolutely right. That did look like dog shit. And uh, I used to say that. You know, AFC West was the worst division this year. You know, you got your Broncos, Raiders, all that mess over there. But I think that, yeah, genuinely, we might be the worst division in football this year. So, but you see, I'm still saying it with a smile on my face because, frankly, it just means that we get an easy ride to the playoffs. And honestly, I'm not too, uh, not too mad about it. I mean, you know, we had a really terrible performance and that was quite alarming. But at the same time, at any given Sunday, right? A team can win a game here and there. And even Kirk Cousins might be able to pull something out come playoff time. We'll see. But I'm hoping that maybe we can squeeze a playoff game in at 1 p.m. instead of the late slate. Yes, sir. The grass is always greener, and you are most definitely going to see a home playoff game in St. Paul. Absolutely. Can't wait. All right, so that was our Vikings analyst. We like to go over the games with our analysts every week to get the inside scoop. This is the last question for you, McBain making money. We like to ask this to the Jets analysts as well. What are the vibes with the Minnesota Vikings going into the next week? Absolutely embarrassing loss. I think the only thing that we can really say right now is that the Vikings have earned the right to be a favorite for this week against the Patriots. You've got an extremely angry and fired up team who's, you know, got a very good record, managed to beat a couple good teams here and there with the Bills this year. And I don't know, you know, last week I told you that the Cowboys were the safe bet against the Vikings, but this week, you know, I feel like this is a no touch game. I don't know which way it's going to swing. Bill Belichick's a hell of a coach, but Maybe the under is a good play. You know, Bill Belichick and the Patriots got a good defense. Vikings defense is facing a 
pretty crappy offense on the Patriots. So vibes are confused. You know, it's a tough, uh, tough Thursday, Thanksgiving night game. So if you're going with history, bet against the Vikings because nighttime Kirk Cousins is dog water. So <laughs> best of luck to our betters out there. But I, I'm not touching this game with a 10 foot pole. All right. That's perfect. So that's that's it. You have it here. Vikings analysts. Do you want to plug any of the socials here for the listeners if they want to DM you about the Vikings? No socials yet. We're going to get set up on a couple platforms later, but you know, just keep loving my Vikings. I'll, you'll all you're, all you're going to hear from me for the next couple of weeks is skull every week. So I'm going to keep on smiling until we lose our damn division. I've been practicing my school clap in the shower. So, oh yeah. yeah. And you're gritty too. Hey, you're gritty. Maybe we can get a clip of that on the pod at some yeah, point. Yeah, it's getting it's better. Gritty. It did get better. It got a lot better. Yeah. We can. I believe it. I think we need to prov- uh, provide that for the viewers at some point, maybe like a 25 episode special or something like that. <laughs> just JR grittying for like 20 minutes. Just a little <laughs> gritty action. Yeah. From, you know, yeah. He's got the moves. He's got the moves. All right. Take it easy with Bay making money. Thanks Cheers for coming on. Have a good one. Peace, brother. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. So those were our two analysts here. As we wait on for our World Cup, guys, because we like to do a World Cup uh, reaction slash picks for the rest of the week, we want to talk about our heart standouts for the last week. Uh, Do you guys have any heart standouts for the last weekend? I have a great one. Um, AJ is going to like this one for sure. I have the Vanderbilt Commodores beating Florida, beating the Florida Gators. That is two SEC wins for Vanderbilt. Clark Lee finally knows what he's doing there. That is incredible for them. Um, Congrats to Vanderbilt. They're pushing through. Um, Honestly, I see them kind of maybe making their way in the SEC East here in a couple of years. Honestly, never to contend, but uh, maybe potentially be in the middle of the pack. Um, I like what Clark Lee's doing over in Nashville. Yeah, I love that hard standout. I'm going to go a bit different here. I'm going to the CFL with the Toronto Argonauts. Woo! The reason because of this is because they were down late in the fourth quarter. Starting QB gets injured. Chad Swag Kelly comes in after all he's been through on last chance to do everything. Leads the Toronto Argonauts on a game-winning drive to win the Grey Cup. I think it's just a great story. You, know, you can't not like Swag Kelly. Um, yeah, they got hard. They beat the Blue Bombers one two years in a row, so... Get on the Argos and, you know, get on Chad Swag Kelly. Maybe he just my heart stand out as well, too. We'll, we'll let him, him and the Argos. Having a Chad Kelly Ole Miss jersey might be the coolest play of all time. That's a dope jersey, that one. And also, that Argonauts team, um, do you guys remember the meme from Baylor a few years ago? Sean Oakman with, like, the really big guy. Yep. You guys remember that? Sean yep. Oakman is, was on that Argonauts team. So uh, a fun team there. Uh, we'll, I do not like the CFL, but uh, it was cool to see Swag Kelly and Sean Oakman win, uh, win a great cup there. That was a great, great heart pick, AJ. I, I, as, uh, as, as we're all from Toronto, uh, it was just honestly so great to see them win the World uh, not the World Cup, the Great <laughs> Cup. Uh, I think the last time they won was with Robbie Ray, if I'm correct, in 2016. Yeah, whatever that's yeah. about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my heart pick of the week, we are going to stay on the football field. I'm going to give it to the Atlanta Falcons, who really gutted out a win against the Chicago Bears. Uh, Cordell Patterson, especially after dropping a fumble, which led to a touchdown for um, for the Bears, comes back and runs on a punt return right away to score a touchdown back. If that isn't big, big energy, I don't know what is. So Cordell Patterson, have a day. Atlanta Falcons, hard standout of the week. Great call. Go Falcons. Go Falcons. <laughs> All right. Well, those are our heart standouts. As we said before, we do have our soccer experts back on. Benny Betts, Rally Hedges. They got us into the World Cup. Before we introduce you guys for the podcast, Big England call today. I re-listened to the podcast. That analysis was absolutely spot on. Give yourselves a round of applause. Great call, boys. How are you? Not bad. Just hyped that we got another call. What's the pod after last week? Like, what, 9 for 10 as of right now or something like that? 
eight for ten. We yeah, we went eighty percent for the week on our on our on our locks. So that was uh that's a great week. That's way over the industry average. Way over the industry average. If I may, uh, last time we were on, we ch chatted a lot about Van Moneyline on last Thursday night. And I'd like to give a big round of applause to just about everybody but Jay Rogan. <laughs> Jay yes. mm -hmm. uh, it really made for a great Friday, and I'm really glad we did it. I agree. I will tell that. That was an excellent pick. Um, thank you, Luke. <laughs> thank you. The reason why I didn't tail it was for was because every single rationale piece you gave to that was not hockey related. And I could argue that the alcohol might be speaking on those rationales, but I'm not going to take anything away from you. That was a great call. A nice underdog pick as well. Actually, no, they were favorited. It was minus 120. So nice favorite pick. But you guys are here for the World Cup. You guys got us fired up enough to the point that I'm setting alarms at 6.30 a.m. to watch soccer. Or actually, I've been calling it football now. So we want your early reactions for the World Cup. Uh, and, uh, and honestly, take it away. The stage is yours, boys. I'm really proud of how far you've come. Uh, it's been only, what, are we day two of the World Cup, and you're already on the right track. So... I think a little round of applause for you is kind of a needed there, but uh, yeah, it's been an exciting tournament so far. We've uh, we've done pretty well, I'd say, Ben. Right? Yeah, not bad. Can't complain so far. One and zero. So one and zero. I myself am three and one on my little crafty Benjamin Betts same game parlays. Uh, so I think we are looking forward to carrying that into tomorrow and the days that follow. But uh, yeah, I'm really happy with our England pick. Um, they came out and took a ran to the cleaners, took them 6-2, right? Yeah. Was that the final? I lost count at the end, but uh, did well for all of us. And um, yeah, I'm just happy we could contribute to the, to the odds get even lost. Yeah. So one thing I do want to mention, I took some notes, boys, on Perfect. soccer today. Corners. Your over corner call. Some games they're great, some games they're bad. I want you to talk to the listeners on a game to game basis on what to look out for for corner kick bets. If there are any stats that you guys search up to sort of help you better judge on how many corners there will be. Uh, I think the first thing that we usually search up is just how many corners the team averages when they play. They'll give you the stats for home and away, which is nice. Uh, and then I guess I usually go back through their last like four or five games and just kind of scroll through and see what the deal is with corners. Cause there's some teams that just don't get a lot of corners. I couldn't tell you why. I feel like there's not a whole lot of reason behind it. Just maybe the way they don't play on the wings or something like that. I'm not sure. But in terms of uh, like England and Iran, for example, like everyone knew that England was going to probably have the ball most of the time, probably press them pretty hard. And usually that's the case for a lot of corners. Cause obviously a lot of corners in England's favor. So betting on the, corner over for England would have been an option for that one just knowing that they were going to have the ball for most of the time usually it's stuff like that pretty obvious signals but when teams are pretty evenly stacked usually you can just go like total corners and the over is usually pretty close on that depending on who the teams are and how much we think they'll be in because it's all final third so if it's a lot through the middle then it becomes a little, little questionable but if you know they're going to be playing down the wings then it makes it a little easier I like that a lot. I think also form, like you mentioned, is probably a big factor in that. Um, we we looked at a lot of England today, and I myself got burned on Iran. I had them to get at least one corner, and they couldn't do it, and I was pretty upset. Uh, we had a little watch party in our, what we like to call the war room, and I may have punched the wall, so I'd like to apologize for that one, boys. But uh, yeah, I think Ben hit it like, right on the nail on the head. Like it, uh, there are a lot of things to look out for in that kind of derivative bet. And uh, I think he has a good eye for them. I have one thing for you guys. So if you guys don't remember from our World Cup preview episode, but you guys called uh, some futures for wins. So to win the tourney, that was Argentina and the winning confederation, obviously South America. So those are two futures. I have a tweet from Mike Stevens, and I want to see if this changes our mind or we're holding on here, okay? So, William Nylander, for, the, for those of you who don't know, forward for the Toronto Maple Leafs, tweet is, 
William Nylander says he wants Argentina to win the World Cup. Does that change our mind or are we good? Are we valid? I'm a big Nylander fan. Uh, I think he has a good head on his shoulders. So no, I think we can ride with him. Yeah, I don't think that's a question of if we're valid. I think that just means that he's valid. Yeah. Okay, beauty. I'll yeah. I'll stick to yeah. it. No cashing out. Yeah. So is there any, since we're going to have you guys on basically every episode till the end of the World Cup, and then we'll have you back on in regular scheduling for uh, our top 10 picks for the weekly spots. What are the spots that you guys like uh, for the next couple of days? And um, how much will you be betting on them? A lot. <laughs> so much um, money. Yeah. I have uh, myself, I have three games I want to talk about. But then I know for a fact one of them is Canada, and we have that to talk about. Yeah. So let's talk about that, I think. Yeah. Uh, Canada's fun. Canada's going to be great. If you're not money lining Canada, I don't want to hear it. I think you're making a mistake. I think that should honestly probably be the lock of the week. Really? I'm that confident. Plus wow. 552. That's, wow. uh, I think we're going to come out firing. And I don't think Belgium's going to know what's going to hit them. You can quote me on that, I think. Not legal, not financial advice, though. I told you I'll give you guys life advice, but no, financial advice, I'm not here for that. So he just called a shot. And I kind of agree with him. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think... I, I don't know if I'd, I'd call it like a hammer or anything or a lock, but I think like Canada at 550 is like really good value. Like they're playing like really well coming into the tournament. Their big boys are all locked and loaded, ready to go. And I, I'm excited. We, uh, we're all planning to head out to the bar and, and enjoy the, uh, the watch along. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be a great day. Win, lose, a draw, but probably win. Yeah. So I'm going to agree with you guys. Canada has nothing to lose and they're definitely, they definitely look like it. So I can see them definitely coming out of the gate firing. Belgium's pretty fraud. Do you guys have a more in-depth analysis though behind that pick other than Canada's looking fire out there? Is it trust me, bro? No, I think like, I mean, they, they beat Japan last week, which was pretty impressive. And that was without their two best players and they completely outplayed Japan. They had like 17 shots to seven. And I think like, yeah, yeah. 17 shots to seven. They outpossessed them and like their pass accuracy. Great. was great. Everything was great. They just like, they beat Japan and Japan is uh, for anyone wondering is the 24th ranked team in the world, which is like 20 rankings higher than Canada. So we're punching above our weight. And I think we're, I think we're coming in hot. Yeah. I think they're, uh, like we were talking about last time, like Belgium are kind of frauding. They, uh, Romelu Lukaku, their big, big man up top, won't be ready. Uh, they got a pretty weak defense that we were talking about. And I think Canada just have young guys that are ready to eat. Like they're ready to go. And it's just like, call me a homer, call it whatever you want. I think they got a good shot and I'm excited for it. And also it's uh, Alfonso Davies revenge season. Right. Yeah. So he's yes. ready to eat. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Fade Julio Rodriguez or whatever that guy. <laughs> Cheers. So what is the what are the other spots you guys like here, um, for the listeners to tail? Um. Well, I think tomorrow. I don't know if this will be out on time, but we'll we'll drop it anyway. Uh, me and Mister McBain making money earlier today. We're talking about potentially parlaying. France to beat Australia as well as Denmark to beat Tunisia money line. Wow. Both of those parlayed together are, I think, are a minus 100 or minus 105 or something like that. And those seem to me personally, at first glance, like a pretty solid money. Denmark is like the heart of hearts. They got heart coming out the ass. France is just France. So I think that could be a relatively safe bet for tomorrow. I like that. I like that a lot. I I do have one for Wednesday though that I think might be like I'll put my reputation on it because these guys are that good. Uh, we're look, looking at Croatia going up against Morocco, and Croatia somehow have plus odds, and I don't think they really know what they're doing when they're putting that in. Like they have like a really good team for for the reputation they get. They're in the final four years ago. They got. Luka Modric leading the charge, but yeah, he's that good. Like he's old, but he's that good. So I think them at one ten plus one ten, might I add, might be a little bit of value that I for I will for sure be probably hammering. I'm not gonna lie. 
Yeah, I can get behind that. Sorry, I was on mute. Josh, should we say it at the same time? Yeah, so we're going to say it on three. It's two words. Ready? Three, two, one. Vegas, Vegas trap. trap. <laughs> oh. you, uh, you said the very famous last words of any better that ever bets on anything uh, and then loses money. And what was it? What was it if you heard it right, RG? I don't remember exactly what it was, but my exactly. eyes. I don't know up. what they were thinking, making those all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My eyes lit up like a deer in headlights. <laughs> so that's the one thing we tell the listeners. So is this bet Vegas trap proof or did we just trip you out off this bet? Guys, I am like riding with it, man. Like I, I've fallen for my fair share of Vegas traps and you're right. I did say the words that you shouldn't be saying, but like they're, they're just too good. They're underrated every tournament and then they come by and just like slap everybody around. Like, it it's kind of a joke. Like they're gonna win the group, like for sure. I have no doubt in my mind they can beat Belgium. I think that's gonna be the tough game for Canada in that group. And I, you know what I mean. It might be another England showing. Like they might put uh, Morocco six past them. Like you can't beat. They just have a really good team. Yeah. No, you know the most, and we're obviously always gonna trust you here. So we're. I'm definitely gonna put some coin on it, and I'm pretty sure everyone else will. Listeners, here you have it. These are the soccer analysts, the soccer experts. You guys are basically on every episode, but you guys want to plug your socials in one more time for the listeners who haven't heard it yet? Sure. I'm uh, at Ben Runciman, Ben underscore Runciman, R-U-N-C-I-M-A-N. Once again, you can hit the DMs anytime you want, strictly for financial advice and or life advice, either one, whichever you choose. You guys can find me on Instagram at Torelli, T-O-R-E-L-L-L-I. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Luke Torelli. You can find me on LinkedIn, <laughs> linkedin.com slash Luke Torelli. Um, basically find me anywhere. And the amount of L's don't represent the amount of L's you take, right? It was just because someone took your last your last name on the, on the uh, Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Okay, perfect. So let's come out here positive. Let's come here cash flow positive. Let's make some money here. Soccer guys, once again, thanks for coming on. We'll have you guys on next episode with more spots. Love it. Go Van. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Thank you, boys. See you guys. All right. So those are the soccer guys. We're going to close out the episode here with our last spots for our week. With our sports, we're going to start you off, RG, with college football. Take it away. So I have one college football for you guys. And uh, one NFL one, because we have three games on Thursday this week. It is Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone in the United States. Um, So to kick us off with college football, we have the Egg Bowl Thursday night. Mississippi State on the road at Ole Miss in Oxford. Um, You know, the Battle of Mississippi, this is going to be a bang out. But we have Mississippi State uh, plus two and a half on the road. Um, I think this is a great pick. We saw Ole Miss's defense get lit up last week against Arkansas. And uh, I could see similar things happening with Will Rogers at the helm. Um, check out our Twitter later in the week once the odds come out for the Will Rogers passing yards. And we will make a decision on whether we want to take the over on those passing yards. But for right now, we have Mississippi State as dogs plus two and a half against the spread. My other game... For football is a bit of a value pick. McBain's not going to like this one, but I have the Patriots money line against the Minnesota Vikings on the road in prime time. That will be a value pick. So just a sprinkle, ladies and gentlemen, for Thursday. That's a shock. I know, but I freaking love it. Oh, yeah, I love that bet, too. I'll get um. I'm going to go to college boss for this one. It is um, a game tomorrow. It's actually in Mexico City this game. I'm going to Liberty versus Northwestern. Northwestern minus three and a half. Um, Northwestern's a really good team this year. They're very good defensively. And they play the mid-major team in Liberty, who's had success in the NCAA tournament, but they've had a rough start to the year. I'm going to take the power conference at a uh, low spread like this every single time. Like I said, Northwestern's very well coached, and they're one of the best, better defensive teams in the country. 
Why are they playing in Mexico City? I was going to say Liberty is playing Northwestern in Mexico City. Like yeah, it's so not Mexico City. They're playing in Cancun. They play at the Hard Rock Hotel Riviera Maya, which I've actually been to. So it's even nice? better reason to bet on this game. That's sweet. So, so, so you got Northwestern minus three and a half. Yes, sir. Lock it in. Cheers. So I got a couple spots here uh, during the week. As you guys uh, know, I hit pretty well last week. So let's continue with that momentum. We're going to start with the Tuesday matchup. We got Rangers money line over the Kings. Uh, I have these notes. Igor Shesterkin, he's been on an absolute heater recently. He's looking like a brick wall. Got to love the Russian goaltending here, especially when it gets hot. Nothing can get past them. Uh, you got the Rangers. They're looking not too bad. Lost the Kraken, but everyone's losing their Kraken. So, But uh, this focuses more on the Kings. The Kings have just came off a really hard Western road trip, losing three out of four. Uh, they're not looking like their uh, old selves. Uh, just getting beat up by Vancouver, getting beat up by Calgary, getting beat up by Seattle. Jonathan Quick's looking like Swiss cheese. I think Rangers come in there at minus 110 odds to beat the LA Kings to start off the, well, to continue the Rangers uh, California road trip. Next, we're going to move on to Flames versus Penguins here. We're going to take the Calgary Flames away at underdog money. This is not a value pick. This is one of my hammers. Now, why is it a hammer? The Flames are playing really good hockey. I don't know about you guys, but I've been watching the Flames every single game game because I love the Alberta hockey teams. But uh, Penguins are kind of a little bit fraudulent recently. Beat the Jets. It was a kind of a weak win. Jari's looking pretty weak. He's going to start again. What do you guys think about this matchup? I'm I love it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no. Like, I'm just going to go to the classic line I said. I think Jared Hammers is bad. A bit of a tough spot this weekend, but I'm going to tell Jared Hammers the hockey pick. You know, he's a hockey guy. Uh, I'll bet it for a reason. I'm such a rider for Jared Hammers, but – Dude, on weekdays, you're lights out. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to be tailing the flames here. <laughs> it's something about the weekends, boys. I just start thinking about football. I completely forget about hockey. But I totally – I love the respect here. Uh, we're going to get back on it for the weekend especially. But the last spot I do like is the Winnipeg Jets against the Minnesota Wild on Wednesday. Wild have been ridiculously fraudulent this year. They're not scoring goals. They're barely – they're, they're letting in a bunch. Uh, I just really love the matchup for the Jets uh, in Minnesota. The books still overvalue the Wild this year. So you're going to get Jets at a really good price. And at the end of the day, when you're betting hockey, you're just betting for value here and making sure you get the most out of your bucks. So I really like that. Only bet, though, and I'm going to repeat this again, only bet on the Jets if Connor Hellebuck's in net. He's having one of the best seasons of his career. And uh, there's nothing better when you're betting on a goalie that's on fire. So... Those are the three hockey spots. I do want to give two honorable mentions for two types of bets all the boys are tailing. And it is the two-shot-on-goal prop kings. Tage Thompson at three and a half. You can get that line every single day they play, the Buffalo Sabres play, at between minus 120 to minus 140. And it's basically been free money. It's always been hitting. So take that. And lastly, it's Cole Caulfield. Just another guy who's just been hitting his shot on goal props over. So keep an eye on those and always hammer the overs. Those two shot on goal props have been so profitable that my co-hosts had nothing to say. They're speechless because of how much money they made. And no. uh, Sorry, go ahead, Josh. No, no. Like, it's made you guys a lot of money, and there's nothing more to say. They've just been absolute cash cows. So... No, it's been lovely. Even that Tage against the Leafs on Saturday, I still hammered it uh, over three and a half. And uh, I think he got like seven shots. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, it's, it's great. <laughs> so there you have it. That is episode seven. It felt like yesterday, like we started this pod. Uh, it's been a blast. It's not coming to an end. Well, the podcast isn't, but the episode is. So everyone, if you're listening, like, subscribe, leave us a five-star rating. And uh, we'll see you for Friday with our top 10 picks. And uh, go cards. Game starts in 20 minutes. Uh, basically a do or die. Let's go Cole McCoy. Cheers. Go Canada. See ya.